0: Welcome to the birth of a mama podcast, a place for sharing what it's like to become a mother in this modern world. I'm your host, Natalie Welch, postpartum dietitian and coach and mom to one spirited little girl. Listen in to hear a variety of firsthand experiences and intuitive understanding that comes from going through it and thriving out the other side to tell the tale from pain and exhaustion to immense love and joy. Come here for the unfiltered realities that no one seems to talk about when it comes to postpartum and beyond because your story matters. Now let's talk about it. Hey guys, so I want to keep it real, as usual. Postpartum is the most energetically demanding time of your life. Your body needs adequate nutrients and rest to fully recover. Without this, it takes longer to heal and your mental health can suffer unnecessarily. This entire podcast is about the overlooked but crucial aspects of the journey into motherhood, such as the benefits of education and having a plan. Time and time again in the stories shared on Birth of a Mama, this is a recurring theme. Women wish that they would have done more to prepare or had more support in one way or another. That's why I've created the Nourished and Rested Postpartum Planning Guide, completely free to you. With this guide, you'll simply take a few moments, sit down with your partner, and intentionally go through it together so you can skip spending the stress and confusion on days and days of scouring Google for how to best prepare for postpartum. This guide prompts you with specific questions and lays out the eight steps you need for maximum support from nutrition and sleep to household chores so that you can save time and energy for doing the actual prep and maybe decorating the nursery too. To download, head to the show notes and click the link to my website or simply go to nataliewelchrd.com. Now for today's episode. Mama of two and doula, Karen Jatan, shares her experience becoming a mom. Her first birth experience was in a hospital and was not a very pleasant experience, as you will hear, but it was that poor experience that led her to find doulas and their amazing work, and ultimately she became one. Second time around, she labored at home for longer, and she just felt so much more relaxed and at ease, as you'll hear when she shares, and she ended up delivering at a birth center, She shares of her postpartum struggles, including her major mood shifts that happened later in postpartum around six to nine months and how she ended up getting a bipolar diagnosis. She's a huge advocate for maternal mental health, and I simply adore Corinne. She's the sweetest thing, and I hope you love her episode. So without further ado, here's Corinne. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Birth of a Mama podcast. Today, I have Corinne Jatan on the show. Corinne, thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that you're here. Okay, well, let's have you just start off by telling the listeners about yourself and your family.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm Corinne. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Sacramento, California, born and raised here. Um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart Galen um and we're gonna be married for six years next month so it's exciting we have two little ones so my son Caden is five and my daughter Riley is three and yeah I'm a doula so that's what I do um I've been a doula since 2019 so going on like four and a half years or so. Absolutely love it. And it's really exciting to like come on here and tell my perspective and kind of the things that have changed for me since before I was a doula and after I was a doula and my birth experiences and all
0: that. So um, I love it. I have so much love in my hearts, in my heart, in my heart's, in my heart for doulas. So um yeah, I would uh love to work with you someday if I ever go through the whole experience again. Oh yes. Yeah, I would love to. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's next have you describe your transition into motherhood in three words, which I know it could be hard to do. But if you had to, which three words would you choose?
1: Yes, I thought about this one. So I have intense and transformative. And I also chose the word duality. And I think duality is like having that experience of having the highest of highs, and you're just overwhelmingly happy and joyful and grateful. And also at the same time, it's hard, it's challenging, you know, and so I think that that it's kind of hard to navigate when you're postpartum. And honestly, in general, it's not an easy thing to experience. But I think that one really describes what pregnancy, even birth and especially postpartum is like, at least for me.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I resonate with that too. 100% and duality is it's a good one. And it can be confusing to hold, you know, opposing feelings at the same time. But I, as, as much as I keep just continuing down the motherhood journey and the seasons keep progressing and, you know, my daughter keeps growing, I just have realized that that's like what motherhood is, you know, Yeah. even though the seasons change, like you're always, there's always these kind of like opposing dichotomous duality realities going on. And it's, it's a yeah. lot. Yeah.
1: It is a lot. I feel like that's a really big lesson that I've learned just in motherhood and especially like going through that intensity, right, of postpartum and pregnancy birth, all of that. So I thought that one was a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Did you have any expectations of postpartum, like, you know, before you ever even became pregnant y- yourself? And also, did your partner have any that you guys ever discussed?
1: Yeah. So I think that like, between my first and second pregnancies, I had a little bit of a difference. I think that like for my second one, especially I had a much more of a deeper understanding of like what postpartum looks like and how my mental health kind of reacted and with my first and um, what I wanted to do differently. Whereas with my first, it definitely was kind of like I was doing all of the preparation in terms of like reading and trying to like gather in all this knowledge. But when it kind of came into reality, it was totally different. And once you're in it, it's really hard to kind of navigate through it, especially as a first time, you know, mom. But both times, you know, we had the expectation that my husband would be super involved as an equal partner and everything. And I'm super grateful for him. He was wonderful with Both experiences, we definitely had, you know, we took turns helping out each other with the baby and like making sure that we were okay and getting sleep. So it wasn't always perfect, but I think that we did make a good team. So I'm definitely grateful for that support.
0: That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that because that can be a challenge too. It's like, you know, getting on the same page with your partner after having a child because it is such a big stressor that's kind of like thrown into the mix and that can then cause communication breakdowns and things like that so so glad that you guys felt that you worked really good as a team because support is so important for not only the two of you together but like for the two of you as well which I'm sure we'll get into later yes yes
1: I know I'm very grateful I know that that can be and it's not to say it was always perfect but I think that like it's good to go into it like on that same page is like this is the expectation we're gonna be there for each other and there for the baby and it's not just gonna be mom all day or dad all day right so it's it's good it's a good balance
0: yeah so good so important and it's like it's yeah. really like a conversation or really multiple conversations that ideally should happen before yeah. ideally before you ever even get pregnant but for sure before the baby arrives when you know you're oh, already yeah. in that situation yeah absolutely all right. Well, let's start with, um, you can either talk about your most recent pregnancy or you can start with your first and then we'll kind of okay. just compare and contrast.
1: Nice. Um, so I'll start from the beginning because um, yeah. I think that it does kind of show like the transition of what happened with my second. So I, with my first, my son, Kaden, he's five now, like I mentioned, I found out I was pregnant when I was 19 with him and I had him at 20, but it was unexpected, and my husband and I were living together, and going through school, and work, and we were just kind of in that busy, young adulting time so it was kind of unexpected and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? What's our plan? And I also didn't find out till I was maybe 10 weeks along, so pretty late compared to average so I kind of had been having all these weird symptoms, and I'm like, it's my birth control, and well, it was not, it was my I was pregnant, um, but so so, you know, that pregnancy, it was, it was a little bit of a stressful time. We did get married and kind of planned a wedding and all that and got to have that be still special. And um, I was navigating school. He was navigating school. We eventually moved in with my in-laws, which was a really big transition for me because I was kind of getting that sense of independence at the time. And then it was kind of like, oh, wow, back into a parent's home. In hindsight, I'm so grateful that I was there. They were a huge support. But for like a 19 year old, it was definitely like, this is jarring. And overall, it was just kind of like, it was just kind of a stressful time. But I was also super excited um, to be a mom. I was really, really happy that, you know, this is where our path was going. I mean, we kind of already had wanted that eventually. But It was just a little sooner than we'd expected. Um, And, you know, no one else was really having kids at the time, right? So it was a little bit isolating. Um, With my actual pregnancy, though, I did have pretty bad nausea, but it was, in hindsight, not nearly as bad as my second. (laughs) So I'm, like, looking back, I'm like, it wasn't that bad. But in the moment, it was pretty tough. Um, And, of course, the general aches and pains and the normal things. But other than that, um, it was super healthy pregnancy, smooth sailing. um, So I'm really glad for that. With my pregnancy, I did spend, like, a lot of time, you know, researching, a lot of time trying to learn about pregnancy, learn about birth. I think even back then, I was super fascinated by it all and really excited to learn about it all. Um, I think I learned a lot about, like, hospital interventions and birth interventions at the time, and I was really curious about that stuff. So basically leading into my birth, I kind of thought I would be getting an epidural and just doing all the things that like a lot of people just kind of do. And then a few weeks before, I'm like, just kidding. I'm going unmedicated. I don't want an epidural. I'm just going to go into this. Um, and I was very strong in that feeling. Like I had done a lot of research at the time. I think I kind of just like all of a sudden got in a frenzy and was like, okay, I don't want it, <laughs> you know? So by the time the birth came around, it you know, it was, it was one of those things where, like, if I had maybe a little bit more time to mentally prepare, perhaps. But also, like, when you get there, it's just, it was such an intense experience. And I had been laboring for so long that I ended up getting it, which was what was best at the time. But as we were kind of getting closer, um, I did get, like, a membrane sweep. Um, On my due date, because I was like, I'm ready for this baby to be out, you know, it's my due date, it's time to get out. (laughs) And that kind of backfired a little. It sent me into like prodromal labor or like false labor for like two days off and on. And that was really confusing because I had like my mom (laughs) who was like, You need to get to the hospital right now, you're having contractions, get in the car, let's go. And I'm like, I don't think it's time yet. Keeps stopping, keeps going. I was, like, walking around the block at, like, 4 a.m. with my husband, like, let's get this baby out. The contractions are starting. And I'm, like, in hindsight, I'm, like, oh, my gosh, go back to sleep, (laughs) you know, go rest. I was kind of just using that time to, like, wear myself out, honestly, which I think is super common. You know, you get really excited and things are starting and you want to, like, do everything you can to help it along. Um, You get restless. (laughs) And that's definitely what happened to me. So, you know, um, eventually when it did kick in, it kicked in around midnight, finally had gone to sleep for like the first time in days and got to sleep, woke up. Okay, it's here. This is different. Um, I tried to like take a bath and like, no, that made it worse. So we went to the hospital um, and I think I was dilated to about a four and um, everything was going fine, except I got kind of stuck in triage for like four hours. (laughs) So that kind of like set a big Damper on some of my plans. I think that at that point it just became really hard to cope and find my relaxation use my coping skills. And I also had a lot of back labor. Um, I think that little guy was sunny side. I don't know for sure, but I think that he was, you know, op, which can cause a lot of back labor. So that was going on. Um, and eventually, like once I got to our to my room, finally, it was just kind of like. I was no longer coping. I was, you know, sc- the nurses were telling me I was scaring the nurses coming on because I was screaming. Like, it was really, <laughs> it was getting to that point of, like, this is no longer painful. This is now suffering, right? And when that happens, it's kind of like, okay, I had a really sweet nurse who just had a good conversation with me about, like, hey, you know, this isn't maybe not working anymore, right? Maybe we want to consider epidural. And I was like, not wanting to, but I'm glad I did. Because I think that, you know, birth is really hard. (laughs) And at the time, I was really stressed out. And I think I was really afraid of what was happening in my body. I wasn't quite expecting all that, you know, I knew it would be painful and intense, but like it was it was more than I was expecting for sure. But I think I did like 12 hours unmedicated, so I went for quite some time on pretty little sleep. So ultimately, it was a good decision. I took a nap, I woke up, and then I had a baby. (laughs) So that was (laughs) ideal, and I love when that happens. Um, Pushing was a little bit tough Um, for me. I did take like two hours, which I know is is kind of average, but I think that he was in a trying position. In in hindsight, I don't know for sure, but I do think he was kind of nestled in. So I do remember something, though, that they were very adamant about not letting me push um, in any other position but on my back. Um, and that was something I had been wanting to really avoid. And at the time, it just was kind of like, like now as a doula, I see all the time so much more like collaboration and like, let's try this position. now. Yeah, yeah, we can totally get you into another position with an epidural, like, as long as you have that mobility. Um, for me, it wasn't like that at all. Like my mom was trying to advocate for me. I was trying to advocate for myself. Like I don't want to be here, right? And this kind of like, no, you have to be. And so you know, that was that was kind of tough. Um, and another thing that was a little bit tough was that I did develop a fever, which can happen when you are in labor a long time, or maybe even from the epidural. And they were wanting to give me antibiotics, which you know, would have been fine. But I remember kind of wanting to take a second and make a good you know, make an informed decision. And my husband told me later that they said if I didn't get it or if my baby didn't get antibiotics that they would call CPS. I'm like, what? Like, oh my gosh. So like I mean there's just aspects to this hospital birth that were like you know, in hindsight it's like everything went super smoothly in terms of like a normal birth. Like, you know, you get in there, you got a four, you labor, you get a girl push, born pretty simple but like when it's actually you going through it and then you have like these little things like peppering it with like oh yeah there was a little bit of like a cps threat there or oh yeah they're not letting you push you know how you want to push or like all that little stuff can really add up and i think that that was something i really had to process afterwards um so but once he was born it was amazing it was the best moment ever I still like remember it so vividly like seeing my son born and he just like looked at me and I'm like thinking like you're so beautiful you know just like looking into my eyes and looking into his eyes and he came out super calm and I was like this is amazing so you know again that duality of like I just went through like what was that but also like I'm so overjoyed and happy and you know, so glad to, you know, have have done that. So yeah. Um. So that was kind of after birth. And then also like in the immediate postpartum, like being in the hospital, I did find that to be also a little bit challenging. I just didn't find that it was like the best environment for adjusting to life as a new with a newborn. Uh, at least in my experience, I feel like it was almost like too much help, but also not enough, <laughs> like between the constant like disruptions, but also like, there also somehow wasn't enough help. Like when he was having a really hard time I couldn't get him to calm down or, you know, I was having trouble breastfeeding. It's kind of like, well, well try this. Oh, okay. It's not working. No, good luck. <laughs> so, um, it was tough. I was ready to be home and happy to be home, uh, after we got out of there. So Yeah. That was kind of my first experience with my first. It was a little bit of a doozy, but also, you know, I'm grateful that everyone was healthy, of course, and all
0: that so yeah can I ask um since I'm also in Sacramento what hospital were you at I was at Mercy San Juan okay yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and I actually haven't been there as a doula myself yet which is kind of you know interesting I've been all around but not there so I'm curious to know like maybe if it's a little bit different there now I also do find that like when I first became a doula there was a lot more of that push back in hospital culture of like, this is what we do and you can't. And I think now that we're getting into like, like more people are speaking up and advocating for themselves and we're getting more evidence-based information about birth. And like, I think finally some, you know, providers are like open to that. I think that Mm -hmm. it's been much more positive in my experience as a doula since when I first started to like now, but that's just what I've, I've witnessed.
0: Yeah, no, I think that I, I mean, I, I'm not really acting as a doula, but I feel like Mm -hmm. that's what I'm hearing and stories from, you know, interviews with other women and just what I'm seeing online and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, which is really, which is really great that we're moving in that direction of, you know, having it be more patient centered around the Mm -hmm. mom who's in labor and giving birth and, yeah. I love that. So I loved all the detail that you gave. I was like <laughs> getting flashbacks of my birth and right. how intense and crazy it was. And yeah, it's it's just so hard sometimes to just relax and surrender and let go yep. when it is so intense and that epidural can really be helpful for for those um, moments, you know? So totally. glad that you, you got that experience. Um, okay. Did you want to share now about your, your daughter? Yeah. And then that way we can kind of contrast a little bit and then yeah. we'll go more into postpartum.
1: That sounds great. Yeah. So like, compared to my first, my second birth was completely different. Um, Very (laughs) positive. I will, you know, a little spoiler. So I will say, though, my pregnancy was rough. (laughs) It wasn't so much of stress from Well, there was some outside stressors, I found out I was pregnant the day before the lockdown in 2020. (laughs) So we all knew something was going to happen. We didn't know what yet. But then I found out I was pregnant in the midst of that. And that was a little crazy. And, you know, I, my husband was in school still. And then I was a doula at the time and getting my, you know, business up and running and established. And my son was like, I think a year and a half. So it was a busy time. Um, We were like a little bit unsure of what that would look like but it ended up working out um I did have hyperemesis though I was just so nauseous it was so debilitating honestly like that was rough um you know I don't want to do that again (laughs) (laughs) because it was it was really hard um so I I you know my heart goes out to those who have really hard first trimesters or hyperemesis I had it my whole pregnancy so that was you know a little rough but I think also, like, there's a lot of, like, tension in the air during that time, and there was fires, and COVID, and, like, politics are going wild. Like, it was just the whole time, (laughs) so it was interesting for sure, but I did, um, we did move into the house we're in now, um, and so we kind of had our own space, and that was really good, and um, I eventually went uh, with a birth center here in Sacramento. It was called Welcome Home and they're amazing and they're awesome and I had such a great experience there and it was just like night and day like even just the appointments you know having that like 45 minutes to like really get to know your provider and like they you know are asking about you and your nutrition and just like what you're wanting. And it was, it was just so lovely. So I'm really, really happy that that worked out. um, Because I think, for me, I think the hospital just wasn't a good fit. And I think, you know, for some people, it totally is. And that's awesome. And I'm grateful for that. Um, But for me, I was really happy to have something new. Um, And I think also, like, I knew a lot more, right? I'd been a doula for a while, I kind of like, I think part of like, my first birth is what spurred me on to like, learn more, like, why did this happen? Or like kind of to like wrestle with my own experience. And then through that, I kind of found doulas and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with supporting other people through that. And, um, Yeah, I think I also just, like, worked a lot more through, like, my own anxieties, my own traumas, like, all that stuff, like, has a way of coming up once you become a mom, I think, and once you go through pregnancy and birth, like, I think, like, a lot of, like, unresolved trauma can just kind of pop up, be like, hey, (laughs) we need to deal with this, or at least this is here, and that, I think that, Because I was able to sit down and really like dive into that a little bit more and be open to that a bit more. I think that working through those anxieties really made a big difference in like my overall experience when it came to the birth too. Um, Which is kind of interesting how that all is connected. Um, But I started therapy during that time too and got answers about my own mental health. And, you know, I I knew more about what I wanted and what I didn't want to. So that was that was good. I also will say that, like, I did do some cool stuff to prepare that I didn't do before. So I did do hypnobirthing. Um, And I didn't really do it during my labor, but in preparation. So that was, like, a huge help, just getting used to getting calm and relaxed. And, you know, listening to those meditative tracks really helped me um, just kind of get used to what that feels like. Because I don't think I'd had that much before. (laughs) So that was really cool. And then I did... um, Spinning babies. So um, I love spinning babies. They're an organization that works with like babies' position and getting them into a good position um, for, for birth. So I did something that's on their website called their daily activities. And it's really just like some stretches and gentle exercises that like help with lengthening, you know, your pelvic floor muscles and getting up you know helping the baby in a good position um and also with back pain, like it was amazing. I I recommend them to all my clients actually because I feel like they did really help me personally. And I also just listened to a lot of positive birth stories. Um I listened to The Birth Hour and Happy Home Birth at the time. Um it's been a while since I've listened to like birth podcasts, but during my pregnancy it was like really big. So yeah, it's you know, I did do more to prepare in that way, too. And of course, like the raspberry tea and the dates like, I mean, I'm a doula. I'm like, I'm gonna do all the things right. Like, I'll I'll just try them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, with my labor, I was about six days overdue. So, and it's funny, because, like, I tell my clients, like, to be patient, and, you know, like, it'll happen, like, all that, and then when it's me, it's so hard, (laughs) when it's yourself, you're just like, ah, Um, but it did happen, just like I always say it will, and um, I was a little worried that we'd have to be induced, because, like, she stopped measuring, and the last couple weeks of pregnancy, she stopped growing, according to the belly measurements, (laughs) Luckily, everything was fine. But I was a little worried because I was like, oh, that's the last thing that I would want in my plan. But luckily, it worked out. um, And I eventually went into labor the night before Thanksgiving at 6pm. And it was really weird, because it felt like the same intensity as before. It's like, you know, you get back into labor, maybe with a next child. And you're like, Oh, I remember this. (laughs) But it was one of those moments where it's like, I remember this. But I'm okay, <laughs> you know, like, I'm actually okay, like, I can get through this, this isn't as excruciating as before. Um, so it was really weird, because with that, I did really feel like that pain and that, you know, awful, you know, I can't do this, like, I felt like this time, it was comfortable. it was intense, but I was kind of like, I could do it, like, it was totally different, I think that because I didn't have that fear going into it. And I didn't have that, you know, anxiety, I was in my own comfortable space, I was at home for most of the labor. I think like all those things really helped me. Um, I also was playing Taylor Swift the whole time, <laughs> and she got me through my labor, <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, can we do something new? And I'm like, hey, I'm in there, like, leave me alone. <laughs> so, you know, like, little things like that, I think it just really made it, like, super positive, and um, my doula came, we, we so we stayed at my house for, um, I don't know, probably, like, Well, my labor was like six hours long, so it was super short compared to my last one. And we stayed there for a really long time, and I was just, like, wanting to stay home. I was like, there's no rush. Everything's good. I'm fine. Everything's going well. And she's like, I think you're pushing. (laughs) And I was like, oh. So my my husband's like, yeah, okay, well, we should listen to the duo. Like, let's go and get in the car and go to the birth center. I'm like, all right, okay, fine. I guess if I have to. (laughs) Um, And I get in the car, and sure enough, I'm getting those, like, unintentional pushing contractions that you're like, I'm pushing and I'm not trying to. I was like, oh I'm glad we went. Um, Luckily the birth center is like five minutes away Um, so it wasn't like, you know, too dire or anything but I did get there and I ended up having her ten minutes later on the floor of the birth center so um, yeah it was wild. It was very like physiological. There was really no intervention at all because I got there and like They took one set of vitals, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I just need to be on the ground. Like I want to be on my hands and knees. I want to, you know, be able to move. And so they were like, oh, okay, well. And they kind of, I just like kind of knelt on their rug and they were like, oh, let me get some Chuck's pads and like give you a spot to sit here. Um, And I ended up, you know, giving birth on that rug and the midwife, her name's Madeline, she's still is like, you got my rug all bloody (laughs) and all that. She's like, do you want it? You can have it. (laughs) So it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. I just feel like I was able to listen to my body and have that, you know, without, any of that fear or anxiety and it was just so different Um, and I think it's really cool because it's really cool that I was able to experience that and then I was able to experience like you know my first birth like getting to that point of like needing that relief and like being super stressed out and you know having some of that like really I am grateful in hindsight to have gone through some of that because I think that that's really common for a lot of people to just like have a really really tough time because of this hard it's super tough and um now i kind of know what that feels like it's not you know always sunshine and rainbows like i'm glad i kind of had that i know it's not always what people experience but um you know it was interesting for sure to see that difference
0: so yeah it's nice that you kind of have those you know you you've experienced both sides so you because i i would say for most women i feel like it's Very rare that women say that like all of their birth experiences or if they've only had one, like their first birth experience was enjoyable, like completely, you know, like there's usually always some struggle. I mean, it's a rite of passage. There has to be some kind of like, you know, um, some kind of like separation or you know losing a part of yourself which is like yep. the self you were before you're now becoming a mother so mm-hmm. there's usually some kind of suffering for lack of a better right. word you know like oh, that is what it is and um but it can also be like an enjoyable experience and our environment influences us so much like the people that are around us and like the words that they're saying and the the lighting and the energy the you know the vibes mm-hmm. as some people like to say which it's so true like that all of that stuff plays a role in how we're then like perceiving our own ability to relax and surrender regardless of how physically uncomfortable we are or emotionally like you know we're struggling with what's going on but I think that that really plays a role and I think in your story it's so beautiful to see that kind of evolution that you got to have with your births and you're having your second one Mm -hmm. be quicker first of all and like it seems like you're more just like I can do this. Like, I got this. I've been through it before. I know it can be hard. But like, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna go with it this time. And you just yeah. really found your groove. That's so beautiful. I love it. I love that so much.
1: Yeah. And I remember telling my midwife, like in the weeks preparing up to it, I was like, you know, like, she's like, you have any anxieties about it? And I'm like, what if I can't do it? You know, last time, blah, blah, blah. It was really hard. I couldn't I got the epidural. What if I can't do it? And she just looks at me. She says, you just will. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, all right. Well. Uh, so I'm like, you know, that really helped me just get in that mindset of like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. And you know, if I need help along the way, it's not like it's completely unattainable. Like there's ways for me to get more help if I need it. It's just that like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to just do it. And it's really cool to be like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, was, it was awesome. The environment definitely makes a really big difference. I think you know it's important to feel really safe wherever you're at
0: so totally yeah safety is a huge a huge piece of it like even just perceived safety like Mm -hmm. you know you could be totally safe in a hospital yes debatably like the safest place for some in some people's minds right in case an emergency happens but for other people they don't feel safe in a hospital which was kind of my experience even though I was in a hospital I don't feel comfortable and relaxed and like I can truly be myself in a hospital I, I get anxious. And I think a lot of people do feel that way. So yeah, you know, it just it's so dependent on the person and, and, you know, unique to the individual and what they are comfortable with and what makes them feel like they can just unravel and be themselves. So
1: I completely agree. And I'm like, you know, wherever you feel safest, like I encourage that's where people try to go because like, if you are feeling that safety and you're like, I feel so much more comfortable in that hospital, like, I'm like, yes, that's where you need to be. Um, and then for others who are, you know, maybe more like you and you and me or, or, who've gone through other experiences that don't feel as comfortable in the hospital. I'm like, well, like maybe consider some other options, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not only one or the other for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Love that. Love the education piece and being informed and, choosing what's, what's right for you. So good. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about those first like few weeks, you know, that like early newborn stage versus like two to four weeks at home. How, how did that go with both? We can again, kind of compare and contrast.
1: Yeah. Again, I think it was very, very different with my, with my first, it was, you know, it was, it was hard. I will say it was, it was tough. I, I struggled with, like, you know, breastfeeding was really tough. I mean, breastfeeding was tough with both of my kids, actually. But um, it did kind of feel like survival mode in those first two weeks where we're just, like, barely getting by. Um, I was still kind of adjusting to having help with my in-laws. Like, they were amazing. and um, But also, like, I was not used to that. I was not used to having somebody help me. <laughs> so I didn't really, like, know how to feel comfortable in that but so it's like one of those things like I was really happy but I was also really overwhelmed um and I my son was pretty colicky he was he had a little bit of a tough time too He was just really uncomfortable and he also was you know a baby that didn't want to sleep without being held which is normal and I didn't know that back then I was like something's wrong like I can't put him down and like it's always that thing of like how do you get safe sleep well especially when I'm just hearing all of this conflicting information it's just bombarding me between my own parents and my in-laws and the internet and like my own intuition trying to like get through like I don't know so it was really tough to like navigate that of like what do I do and then you know, I'm like, do I just let him self-soothe? Like, do I set a rigid schedule? Like, you know, I was very much like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I cope with all of this crazy? And for me, it was kind of like, okay, well, I need to have this routine or I need to able to let him sleep on his own without me like holding him like I need to let him just you know like all that stuff that like was kind of coming through that I is not really the most and now I know is less evidence-based now at the time I didn't really know that like you should hold your baby all the time I was like you know very much like you're gonna spoil that like that stuff was coming through a lot and it was really tough because I'm like you know you want to do your best obviously you love your baby it's hard to like try to let them not be with you to like help them in the long run. Like you think you're doing your best or the best for your baby. Um, and it's, it's just tough. I think there was just a lot of like conflicting stuff going on. So, so yeah, but I, I think that also like, it was one of those things where, you know, I was really happy to be a mom and have him here. And I've been looking forward to meeting him and getting to know him. And, um, it was, it was it was interesting, for sure, just in that time. And then as time did go on, I, I went back to work around, like, four months or so. And I also went back to school at the time. So this is before I knew I wanted to be a doula. But I was back in work, back in school. I'm really glad I had those, like, four-ish months because I think that, like, any sooner would have been a little bit that would have been really hard and it was still really hard. Um, I felt like I was kind of being pulled in all sorts of different directions, but I also felt like it was kind of good for me to have like other things that I did, you know, Um, it was kind of good for me to like have some time, out of the house, furthering my own education or whatever, but then it was, is you know, I'm pumping in the bathroom. Like, I know that you're supposed to have your own area to pump, but like, at the time, I just was like, yeah, I'll just whatever. Um, so, it's, it was kind of a wild time, yeah. And then as time went on, uh, you know, six-ish months or so, um, between like six and nine months, I started getting like really, I think, and it might have been going on this whole time, but I started really noticing the Mood disorder stuff. I felt like, you know, okay, this must be something more because I'm really having a hard time um, with the anxiety and some depression, the highs and the lows. So um, between six and nine months is kind of, and I, th- I would say like six months to a year was kind of where I was like, something is not right. And it took me that long to kind of like come to terms with that. And I think part of it too was like, I, had started sort of weaning, like, you know, six months, they stopped breastfeeding as much. And then by nine months, they stopped breastfeeding, you know, because they're eating solid foods. And so that like time of like, slowly weaning away from breastfeeding, but still breastfeeding, like, I think, for me personally, it does something to my hormones does something to me, Um, because it did happen with both my kids where it was just like, all of a sudden, I'm having a really tough time. (laughs) So I did stop breastfeeding at like nine months, I wanted to go for that year. But It was what was best for for me, my mental health. And it's around that time where I was like, okay, like, how can I, you know, start getting some help with this? I'm like, okay, something's not quite right. So, and then as I was kind of going through that journey of like, what's going on, I became pregnant again. (laughs) So I didn't really fully get the, the best like treatment for that when I went into my second pregnancy and so I think that is why you know I spent a lot of time during that pregnancy like working through a lot of things going to therapy like figuring out what's going on with me and how I can work through stuff Um, and then if we were to fast forward to Riley my daughter's uh, postpartum she um, I felt like it was much different in the sense that it was better I think that like she was also just like more chill baby some babies are just more chill than others like and that sounds kind of bad but she she was a lot more you know she did she wasn't colicky she wasn't as uncomfortable she didn't have as much problems with gas so like you know it did make things a little bit easier um and both my kids had tongue ties so that was a little bit of a struggle to get breastfeeding going um but eventually we got there after a couple weeks um but overall, I think that I was just, like, in that, like, oxytocin haze with my daughter, um, even more so than my son. Like, my son, I definitely had that. But I think something about, like, coming home, being in our own space after the birth and just, like, being in our own bed and, like, having people bring us Thanksgiving food the next day and just, like, that first, like, week, a couple days, it was just kind of like I'm just in this, place. Like, Lists, you know what I mean, um, and there were hard times too. I know your, your mood and hormones kind of go crazy. Um, You know, I won't say it was just always rainbows or anything, but it was definitely like it was very different. And I think like a lot of that preparation that went into it did make that difference. So, and also just being so easy on myself, being so gentle with myself, and being like, I think last time there's that drive of like I got to do this, I got to make sure I'm doing all these things right, and now I'm just like. I'm doing a great job, right? Like giving myself the affirmations that I would give any other mom. I think that really just, it did help um, and made that difference. So yeah, it was, it was good. I, I would say like just having more of that preparation, more of that knowledge, also just like taking it a little bit more simple with my daughter. And I think that that really did make a difference. And I think the biggest thing too was like, that I had worked through some mental health stuff. But I will say the same thing did happen with her around six months to nine months. Same thing happened again. And it was kind of like, okay, what's going on? So I did get a diagnosis that I had bipolar one. And that's what those highs and lows were, where I was like, I'm so anxious. I'm so sad. It was that I was having that going on and I had no idea. (laughs) So, you know, mood disorders, they're so common. And I just encourage, you know, if that's going on to reach out and get some answers, if you can get some support and some help, because, you know, having that, at least, you know, that support really makes a difference too. Um, because there are so many things going on in your body. <laughs> like when you're pregnant and when you give birth, like your hormones, you know, they're doing all sorts of stuff. And when that's going on, it's really easy to just, you know, miss maybe a little bit more about mood disorder that might be also playing a role. Um, and just be like, it's fine. Like I'm, it's just, you know, it's normal. So, you know, reaching out and just making sure take, you're taking care of yourself is really important.
0: could not agree more. I'm so pro therapy Mm -hmm. and just mental health, you know, really taking that to heart and to consideration just as much as our physical health, if not even more, because if we aren't well mentally, then we can't take care of our body either Mm -hmm. because we're not well in general, right? Like our mindset and our, our ability to like think and to cope and to deal with stressors of life is... The most important thing I would say, in my opinion, Um, some people might disagree, but I think mental health is so big and I've had my own personal struggles and postpartum mood disorder issues that I went through as well. I had, you know, mental health struggles before I became pregnant too. basically since I was a teen. Yeah. So yeah and it is so common and I think that it's really good that we talk about it on platforms like this and we kind of normalize it so that people don't feel stigmatized or ashamed you know so that they can get help because help is out there. Really glad that you you did you just like seek out therapy on your own like find a therapist to start working with or how did you start?
1: Yeah for me I I did seek it out on my own. I think I ended up going through like psychology today like they have a database and you can type in your insurance and type in what you're looking for and like what the different filters of like birth you know trauma or like um, postpartum and mood disorders and like you can kind of go through that and like filter that out and it'll bring you up a list of providers so I just emailed them and got a response from somebody and I liked her, and we clicked, and that was that. I I think to me it felt so insurmountable. (laughs) Like, how do I find a therapist? How do I do this? I don't know. It just sounds kind of scary, but then once I finally, like, it's kind of like, you know, when you have to make a phone call and you really don't want to, and you're like, I know it's going to take me, like, two seconds to figure this out, but, like, if you're dreading it, that's kind of how I felt with, like, finding a therapist and, like, trying to, like, really get some serious treatment. I think I was like I think I can manage it more on my own and like holistically and I love holistic, you know, management. Don't get me wrong. But I think that part of it that was like I was kind of nervous. I don't know what this looks like. I don't even know how to find a therapist <laughs> and so once I did, it was like, oh, that was actually not terrible and now I'm I'm set. I have that support. So that's why I definitely encourage like don't hesitate you know to reach out and find somebody because there's somebody out there for you who who can really make a big difference,
0: yeah good I'm so glad yeah I love to ask just so that if someone's listening and they're they're resonating with your story and they're like mm-hmm. oh my gosh that feels like me like but I don't mm-hmm. know how to get started I don't know you know who do I talk yep. to what do I google or whatever Yep. there's so many different avenues but that's a great one just like yep. going to psychology.com today.com and mm-hmm. putting in your information and they kind of do the work for you and you can just yep. figure out who you match with and yeah you have yep. to really advocate for yourself so if you're Struggling at all, and you just don't feel normal. Like you feel like something is off. Of course, to some level, that is okay in the early, yeah. early postpartum, right? Like the first couple weeks, baby blues. It's normal. Yes. You have it, having this huge hormone shift, right? So you're right. kind of just trying to level back out. But if it's persistent past that two, three week mark, especially like for you, the six, six month, nine month, a year out, and you're feeling that way, definitely check in with somebody. Really glad that you did that. Good for you. <laughs> so you. happy. Yeah. yeah. So do you do you want any more children?
1: No. <laughs> I think I was on the fence for a while. Like, maybe I want another one um, one day. But I think as time's gone on and I've really just, like, had my two babies, I think like, our family is really complete. And I also just, like what my mental health has gone through, you know, through pregnancy and birth and postpartum. And also, like, the hyperemesis really did it for me, where I'm like, I don't know that I could go through that again. I mean, I'm sure I could do it, but I don't think I want to do it. I don't think I really want another child enough you know right now or ever to to do that so I I'm really happy with where we're at I think two is perfect we have a nice little family so and we're also getting to that you know she I have a three-year-old five-year-old right so like we're getting to that like next stage of parenthood um like I am now like a pickup line mom for a kindergartner and like you know like preschool and like it's feel it's really kind of new and exciting and fun and it's kind of like oh to go back to newborn and babies I'm like oh, I'm really excited at like what's happening now and like what's to come so I don't really want to start over <laughs> if that makes yeah.
0: sense no yeah. that totally yeah. may- every like Like we kind of talked about in the beginning how, you know, motherhood is just a series of a bunch of seasons and everything eventually ends, even though when you're in it, it feels like it's never going to end. And it's again, a dichotomy in that sense of like, you are trying to rush through a season because you're, you know, uncomfortable and miserable in some ways. But then once you get to that end, you're like, oh my gosh, I miss it when it was like this. So it's just motherhood is like that. But yeah, I totally, I totally feel you. We're, my daughter's almost two. And so we're like really getting into the the, the heart of toddlerness and out of like baby, you know, she's like still in diapers but we're like kind of trying to potty learn and all these things and we're considering having a second and I'm kind of I'm grappling with the same thing of like do I want to start all over I kind of want like a redemptive birth experience because Mm -hmm. I was in a hospital setting and I'd always envisioned like a birth center or a home birth. So I almost want to have like this redo. And I always pictured myself with two kids, but I'm like, do I really want to go through all of it again? Because it's not just like you snap your fingers and you have this great experience and a baby and, you know, you're not guaranteed anything or any outcome. Right. So it's, you know, kind of like taking a gamble or a risk, and so I'm trying to figure out like what I really want. But I, yeah, I feel you on the feeling. Like I'm content where we're at. Our family feels like we're you're in right. a great place. We're grooving. Yeah. We're flowing. Like, yeah. yes, stay there, Mama. Stay happy. Stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Can you do it again? Uh, probably. Like I can can, can and mean... want are very different, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes,
1: hundred percent. And that's so so valid to just maybe want that or but but just don't are not quite ready to start all over again
0: so yeah yeah so we'll see in time maybe I'll feel ready but I'm not there yet so (laughs) could change my mind tomorrow literally you never know Uh, yeah well it's how it is (laughs) yeah yeah so this is a kind of a new closing question that I like asking so when Mm -hmm. you die I know it's a little morbid how do you want your kids to remember you yeah. Um, okay, so I kind of
1: spent some time thinking about that one and I I hope that they'll remember me as someone who obviously, you know, loved them very much and was also really open with them and honest with them and caring. Um, and that I was also someone like that they could be fun and silly with and also that like I, that they can come to me and confide in me if they if something's bothering them or something's going on like I really do want that open and honest you know relationship with them so I do hope that that's how they how they would remember me
0: (laughs) I love that yeah that's something I strive for too is them to just feel so trusting in me and comfortable that they can literally tell me anything and not feel like I'm going to judge them or you know love them any differently or any less so that's beautiful I love that Okay. Well, any resources that you want to share? You dropped a couple throughout some I podcasts, did. some great yeah. podcasts, Birth Hour and home, Happy Home Birth. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Anything else that helped you throughout any point in your motherhood experience?
1: Yes. So um, Spinning babies is really great. I love them so much. Um, they have really good info. Their website is just a host of inf- information. They literally just give it all out there for there's no cost to learn. So, you know, it's really cool. They also have different workshops and stuff, too. Um, also, Hypnobirthing, I read the book. I didn't buy any course. I just read Hypnobirthing, the Mongan method, technically. Read it and found some Spotify tracks that were already on there and included in my subscription. And that's what I did. So that's a good resource. Um, I also want to shout out my doula, uh, Rebecca Rose doula. So um, she's awesome. She's also in Sacramento. She is um, a doula collective. So she's super
0: great. Yeah, I think that's that's all that I've got. Perfect. Thank you. We will link all that in the show notes. And then if people want to reach out to you, want to hire you, work with you, have more questions about your story, um, where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So, um, you can always go to my website. It's mama in mind doula.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. So same thing, mama in mind doula with underscores in between each of the words and Facebook too. So if you typed in mama in mind doula, I'd come up. <laughs> so
0: yeah. Well, great. Thank you so much, Corinne. This was so lovely to talk to you. I'm so yeah. glad we got to meet, even though it was virtually, I hope we get to meet yeah. in person someday. I would love and, that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was really awesome. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please spread some love by sharing this with a friend or anyone who could benefit from tuning in. If you'd like the video version of the podcast, check out Birth of a Mama on YouTube. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at the.moms.nutritionist and follow the podcast to be notified of each new episode. If you'd like to support the podcast further, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen on. This helps get the word out there, which helps moms heal and thrive.